Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I have six books for us this week. Um, I think everything that I'm about to talk to y'all about, I think all of them are out now. I want to say they are. I don't think any of them that you're going to have to wait for, which is always nice because if you hear something that you like, then you can actually just go get it now. So yes, it looks like everything is out now. So nothing that you're going to have to wait for. Uh, like always, I will do a roundup on my blog, thisferalhousewife.wordpress.com. There you will find a picture of the book, you will find a synopsis of the book, and then you will find my star rating on what I liked and did not like about each and every book. So go check that out there. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok and a couple other places. Um, so come join me on any of those platforms if you like. All right, let's get into it. All right, book number one is Wilderness Spa by Jim Halverson. Again, out now. The description reads, When disaster strikes in the wilderness, survival requires understanding. Tom, the backwoods expert who lost everything, Eric and Connor, wealthy brothers on a hunting trip, a group of tourists stranded by the same earthquake. Wilderness Spa brings these travelers together to survival catastrophe in the Alaskan wilderness. They amaze themselves in their ability to work cohesively in the face of hunger, injury, insecurity, and possible death. With that on their minds, they explore statistics, logic, social justice, and challenges to social norms. After Rocky starts when new members enter the group, they learn to find the best in their fellow travelers, how to help follow lead when necessary. Nothing is ever easy. Without attacking each other, they dig deep to reconcile their differences. Join the group as they make the best of what they have. Struggling along with them, reconcile your own philosophical belief systems with logic and science. Alright, so this one was fairly decent. Um, probably four stars for this one, to tell you the honest truth. It lost me in a couple places just because it kind of got a little bit long and arduous. And honestly, I don't care about people's feelings in everything that they write and all that. So, I mean, there's that. It was okay, though. It um, kind of opened your eyes to what some people think and how they feel and disasters and things like that and made you think about how a group together can react to a situation versus just an individual person. Book number two, Mark of Guilt by Diane Huster, again out now. The description reads, all Lindsay Callahan wants is to graduate university and prove her family she's normal. It's been almost 10 years since she had a vision, and she's sure she's grown out of her, quote, gift. These days, all she has to worry about is passing her exams and keeping her distance from her sleazy lecturer. But when a girl disappears from campus, Lindsay's visions return with a vengeance. Not only does she see where the body of the missing student has been dumped, she also mysteriously acquires the bruises encircling the strangled girl's throat. The last thing Lindsay wants is to get involved with the police again. But how can she not report what she knows? Detective Garen Macklin has little patience for the so-called supernatural. These con artists are the reason his mother is lying in a hospital bed fighting for her life. So when Lindsay admits to knowing things only the killer can know, Mac has found his prime suspect. Even if she's not the murderer, Lindsay is involved somehow and Mac's going to get her to admit it. But the more time Mac spends with Lindsay, the less sure he is. Is he letting his personal feelings cloud his judgment? Or is there really something more going on here? As the body count rises, Mac will need to decide if he can trust Lindsay. Her life may depend on it. 
All right, four stars for this one simply because there's a couple of times where it just kind of drags. Like the story gets a little bit heavy and long and not heavy in the sense of, oh my gosh, there's a lot going on, but just more heavy in the sense of going back in time and listening to some of the stuff that's happened to her earlier in this other stuff. I don't care. I don't care. I want to know here and now. Um, because to, the, to me, when we do go back and hear some of the other stuff it's not as relevant to the story as it should be so at the time it's just like if this doesn't expound on the story and help me get to the place that I need to be to understand the story fully now I don't really care so there is that um but I overall a fairly decent story you kind of have to have a little bit of an open mind with this one you have to not be an actual staunch unbeliever on stuff you have to kind of keep an open mind and understand where the story is taking you book number three dad sorry by helen h durant description reads the past comes back to haunt them 25 years ago a schoolgirl was attacked by three bullies in her home where she lived with her grandmother now the mother of one of these bullies is found murdered in the Hobfield housing estate. Written on the wall in the victim's blood is the word sorry. There's a link to the discovery of bones at an old house up in the hills, the home of the teenage girl who was attacked. Detective Tom Calladin and his partner, D.S. Ruth Bayless, have more than this puzzling case on their hands. Archvillain Larazzo is threatening Callahan's granddaughter and a valuable hoard of Celtic gold is coming to a local museum. The pressure is on and this time Kaladin is cracking. Discover an absolute unputable down crime thriller from a best-selling author. Alright, so four stars for this one. Honestly, it took me forever to get into. I'm talking like seven chapters in. I almost gave up on it to tell you the truth. Um, it was alright. Uh, it was a little, I don't know, obviously slow in the beginning. It picked up some, slowed down some, picked up some. The end was fairly decent. But by the time you got to the end, you were kind of ready for it to be over. So you've really got to want to read this one. And honestly, if it doesn't grab you in the first four to seven chapters, you're probably not going to truly appreciate the end of it either. Book number four, In Another Light by A.J. Banner. This one is out now. The description reads, three years ago, mortuary cosmetologist Phoebe Glassman lost her husband in a tragic accident. No longer the hopeful wife and mother she once was, Phoebe is disappearing into her grief and into the quietude of her job, restoring to the dead the illusion of life. Then a body of a woman named Pauline Steele arrives in the mortuary, and for Phoebe, everything changes. Pauline is unmistakably Phoebe's mirror image and bears an alarmingly familiar tattoo. Even more strange is that among Pauline's effects is a faded photograph of Phoebe. Aided by an eccentric colleague, her curiosity sparked, Phoebe investigates her doppelganger's life and death and uncovers surprising clues to a shared past. Phoebe's emotional journey soon leads to shocking revelations about those closest to her, and even herself. When she's driven to the brink, how much of what she discovers can she trust? Uh, four stars, four and a half stars. It was actually a fairly decent book. I liked the storyline itself of the Doppler Ganger and finding out, like, 
who she thought she was and how everything changes when she actually gets some answers to some questions that she's had. So it was very um, easy to read. I'll say that it was quick in a reading. Like it didn't take me very long at all to read it, probably like a day. Um, I like the writing style itself. And the author has another book out called The Poison Garden. I haven't read that one yet, but that one was more highly rated than this one. And so I like the writing style that Banner has. So I'm really going to try that one and see if that one isn't just a little bit better. It might have just been subject matter that brought this one down just a little bit for me. So I am going to try The Poison Garden and see if that's not just a little bit better. Book number five, How Much Wine Will Fix My Broken Heart by Kristen Bailey. Alright, so the synopsis reads, wine is the answer. Some serving size suggests include a glass the size of your head, a bathtub, and look the size swimming pool. Best served chilled and with a straw. Friends with benefits is always an option. Be prepared for side effects such as the guy saying baby, crying out his ex's name, and preferring to keep his socks on. Going out, out helps banish the blues. It may involve breaking into replica sh ships from the 15th century, screaming, Hi, Captain, and accidentally falling off the plank. Karaoke makes everything better. Best enjoyed singing Eureka the Glacius, followed by an extra large serving of fries. Three years ago, when Grace's heart was blown to smithereens, she made a promise to protect herself. But has she gone too far? Has she played it too safe? Should she take a leap into the unknown, messy business of the heart? Because maybe, just maybe, she can learn to love again. Alright, so <laughs> this book was actually pretty funny. Four and a half stars for this one. It, it really, it really was, it really was funny. If you like, um, like the Sophia Castanel kind of books, you'll like this one. It made me laugh out loud in several parts of it which is it's always a good book when it can do that for you and you will f if you have been through any kind of relationships you will have some parts of this book that resonate with you all right sixth and final book of this week gated prey by lee goldberg description reads los angeles county sheriff's detective eva rowan and her soon-to-be-retired partner duckin Pavon are running 24-7 Sting in a guard-gated enclave of Palatine Homes in Cal Calabasas. Their luxury McMansion is honey trap set to lure in the violent home invaders terrorizing the community. The trap works, leaving three intruders dead and a body count that nearly includes Evie and Duncan. Evie's bosses are eager to declare the case closed, but there are too many unanswered questions for her to let go. Was the trap actually for her, bloody payback for Evie's very public takedown of a clique of corrupt deputies? Or is there even deadlier secret lurking behind those opulent gates? Evie's refusal to back down and her relentless quest for the truth make her both the hunter and the prey. Four stars for this one, really good. Um, there were a couple of times that the book almost felt ended in the middle of it, if that kind of makes sense. Like... You come to the end of the chapter and it can almost be the end of the book, but then like some new element is thrown in and it's not thrown in lightly. It's thrown in like all at once. And that can be a little bit confusing when you're reading through it because you're like, where the heck did this come from? That doesn't make any sense. And it takes you a little bit to kind of catch up almost to the story, even though you've been there the whole time. So just know that going into it. 
All right, guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me here. I hope that something in here has sparked your interest and you found a new book to add to your to be read pile. Hopefully that's not too big either. All right, so I will be back sometime soon with a whole new episode of six books and I will see y'all then. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great week. Everybody stay safe and I will see y'all later. Bye.